0: Welcome back to Dr. Me First. I'm your host, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, plunger of the toilets, mother of dragons, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. (laughs) I always love when I throw in a few of my extra titles. Well, today I am talking not only with an anesthesiologist who also happens to be a lawyer, who also happens to be a financial planner, money man. Dr. Coben Solman. He's also a all-around wonderful, great guy. And I think you'll pick that up in our conversation today. I got to meet Dr. Solberg through the Doctors Podcast Network and have had a couple of conversations with him. I have utmost trust and confidence in him. And so I wanted to bring him on the podcast to introduce him to all of you all. So if you need a financial person, you got somebody in your back pocket. Now, you probably don't need anybody now, but when one of life's big transitions happen, I want you to pull this podcast out later on this episode and listen to it then, because then I think you'll be ready. I love giving resources, and I think he is definitely one that you need to hold on to. So let's get into our conversation today. Welcome to the podcast, my fellow doctor friend, Dr. Coben Solberg. It is so great to have you here with me today.
1: Thank you so much, Aaron. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, tell the people on Podcasting World a little bit about yourself.
1: All right. I'm Coben Solberg. I'm an anesthesiologist currently in private practice in Central Oregon. In the last couple of years, I've opened my own financial planning and business where I work with physicians to help them build their wealth and get clear on their money. Um, and as I say on the website, really what it is, is aligning your money with your purpose. And it's to me, it's been the some of the most rewarding and fun work I've got to do in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. And we met through the Doctors Podcast Network and made that connection and had a really great conversation several weeks ago. And I said, hey, you need to come on the podcast. And really give your story because you got a few extra initials behind your name, and you're doing some cool stuff with money. So, talk a little bit about that. You're MDJD. What was that path like for you?
1: You know, it's it's funny, right? Because to me, it seems so clear and straightforward. <laughs> um, but you realize it's you know it really isn't the the normal path at all for those of us in medicine. But it started way back when I was an undergrad and I was a philosophy major, actually, before I went to med school. And I really enjoyed the reading. I really enjoyed the writing. And one of my professors was not only was she a PhD in philosophy, she also had a law degree and taught at the law school. And she knew I was going to med school. But as we talked more and more, she's like, I think you do well in law school. And I think it could bring a lot to what you want to do in medicine in terms of health policy and working with some of the regulatory bodies. And so that was the first glimmer of thinking about doing both degrees. And it didn't even seem crazy at the time to like think about doing seven years of professional school. I started medical school at the University of Utah, and it really was like a chance encounter with one of my deans in the hall. I said, you know, I'm still interested in law school. She said, all right, let's talk about it. And we sat down in her office and I told her what I was thinking and why. And she said, well, we've never sent anyone away for law school, but we do it all the time for, you know, master's in public health or an MBA. This is a little longer, but you know, as long as you're in school, I think it'll work. And that was it. I mean, and I remember thinking really quick after that conversation, I was like, oh shit, (laughs) I think I'm going to have to do it. And so you know, I did all the applications separately for law school as well. And after the second year of med school, took a three-year leave of absence and went back to University of Pennsylvania for law school.
0: That's awesome. And then from there, did you then go back and finish up your third and fourth year and then did the residency thing?
1: Yeah. So I moved back to Utah and finished third and fourth year of the clinical and started with a new class. And part of what was so fun is a lot of my uh, my original classmates were now my interns. And so it really helped. There wasn't quite as much stress or overwhelm because I knew all these people. They're just my friends. They're people I would ski with or go to parties with, right? They weren't the intern or the resident. And it, I think it really helped me thrive in those those last two clinical years. And then I ended up going back to Philadelphia for my anesthesia training. So, yeah, I was a little bit back and forth moving across the country. and bouncing back and forth between disciplines, so.
0: And as we were talking offline, because I was kind of laughing about, you know, whenever you look at somebody else's journey, you think it's like point A to point B, but really it's all convoluted and everywhere all over the map. You made a really good comment about, like, keep opening the doors. And and how do you see that retrospectively looking back at your own journey, getting these two advanced degrees, Going into anesthesia, and now what you're doing with both uh, practice and with wealth management?
1: That's a great question, Aaron. It's, you know, looking back over the last couple of decades, I realize I think all of us have a lot of curiosity. And I think for many of us, once we get on those train tracks for medicine, it's easy to get really narrowly focused on that and forget about all the other things in this world that we're interested in. And I, I don't know if it's because I grew up in a house where my dad was an artist and doing much different things. My brother's a chef that I really always tried to explore that curiosity and really see where it took me. And I was always encouraged to do that by my parents. And, you know, even when I told them I was thinking about going to law school, they're like, that seems crazy to us, but I think that's, if you want to do it, that's cool. And I think part of it, whether it's, you know, opportunities or meeting new people, um just really being open to those experiences and seeing where they lead you because as with so many things you just never know where, where that world's going to take you and you know i think a perfect example is going to law school and then returning to philadelphia i met my wife when i was training in philadelphia and had i never gone out there for law school we probably never would have met i would have you know met someone else and ended up marrying them and you know, I can't imagine my life any different now from the life that we've created. And so I think it's maintaining a little bit of that fun and playfulness that we all had when we were kids and just exploring.
0: Absolutely. And with that, the word that you submitted me today is presence. Tell me why you picked that word for us to roll around.
1: So as you know, as we know, because we've talked a few weeks ago, I have a, a six month old at home. It's our first kiddo prior only kiddo, I'm 45 years old. So I don't know. And it's, I think for all the parents out there listening, I mean, one of the most amazing things about kids is they sort of force you to just to be with them. And what I've noticed in the last six months is, you know, if I'm trying to do anything else, whether that's read a book or check email, you know, any of those other things, parenting seems really, really hard. But when I just get on the floor with Wes and play and sort of experience the world that he's experiencing, it it's the most beautiful, simple thing in the world. And what I've started to recognize is that's not just true of parenting. It's like every part of our life, right? Like if you're seeing patients and you're thinking about all the other things that are still on your plate, it gets really frustrating versus just listening to that story of that person right in front of you or sitting down with your spouse or partner and really being present and finding out how their day was. It just, it's still a big work in progress for me, but it's been such a nice shift of, I mean, really the only thing we have is what's right in front of us. And it's been a good reminder of that, as scary and terrifying as that can be, instead of worrying about all the things that come up or or perseverating about all the things you did wrong yesterday, just being right here.
0: And I know that's one thing that you truly bring into the organization that you've created with the financial planning, where you're helping people, specifically us, fellow attendings, med students, residents, really deal with like the overwhelm and the bigness of what money feels like. Because it's, I can imagine when I've sat down with financial people or like my husband and I are at the bank, and when somebody's distracted, when you're trying to get information about a pretty big ass deal in your life, if you're you know, get taking out a loan or you're buying your first house or a property and, and they're on the phone or they're like typing up an email real quick and that sort of thing that that presence is just so important. So talk a little bit to how you approach the financial planning world with a different like scope, a different
1: lens. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. It's, you know, it's coming into it and starting into it. For me, one of the things I've had to work most on is stepping into my own power. And quite honestly, that's coming in as an outsider to that industry. Instead of coming up you know, through one of the big firms and learning how to sell things to clients, I'm much more concerned about what drives each and every one of the doctors that I work with. And it really does get at sitting down in front of them and digging into what money means to them and what their purpose is and how they want to see their life and that work is super fun but it also takes being present with them and i think a lot of people not just physicians have this idea in their head that financial advising is just about investment so like you know like figuring out what the best investment is each and every year and beating the market and it's so much bigger than that it's you know it, it's protecting your assets It's growing with you as life changes, whether that's buying a house, whether that's having children, you know, for some clients, unfortunately, it's going through a divorce or, you know, a death in the family, you know, it really is growing with you. And it's so powerful to be able to sit with someone when they're struggling and just sit with them. You don't have to, you don't have to fix it. You just sit with them and maintain that trust. And I think that's one of the areas that's been helpful for me as a physician is that, you know, working with other physicians, it's very easy to build that trust. And to me, you don't really get to do the great advising and be a trusted advisor without that trust and vulnerability.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know my husband and I went through several different people and firms and have bumped in, you know, and because at times you almost feel like shopped, you know what I mean? Like they find out, Oh, Dr. Wiseman. And that's why I was so intrigued with the work that you're doing because you get it. Like, you know, like I know, physicians are the most intelligent, the most dedicated, the most hardworking people out there. And though the general public views us as like the one percenters, I feel like we work really hard for what we have and we're awfully protective of it. And we don't want to be gimmicked. We don't want to get, you know, just feel like we're being sold to as far as with that. And so a majority of my listeners here are women. I know that when I still go to the bank or go to like a financial institute, they tend to talk to my husband. And so I have to remind them who Dr. Wiseman
1: is <laughs>
0: in the situation and that I have as much say as my husband does in our relationship. But talk to us female physicians on, you know, what ought we be doing at this point? You know, because... There is a lot that we're juggling. We're juggling work, we're juggling home life, we're juggling sometimes kids and aging parents, and the last thing our brain wants to do is have yet another big thing to juggle. Talk about like how how can we approach our money wisely and 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 steps that you advise female physicians on.
1: Sure. And you know, some of the most interesting work that we get to do is uncovering those money stories and it's They're definitely different for men and women. It just is. what understanding what money means to you and the way that I tend to.
0: Oh, for me, it's security. It's a hundred percent security. right?
1: Right. Yeah. And so, and that's interesting. You say that because I think one of the first things I like to work on is protecting, protecting against catastrophe, right? So it's things like getting the right insurance, you know, life and disability insurance and then also for, you know, for those with kids or, or elderly parents to take care of doing some of the estate planning stuff. So I don't know about you, but that's not the most fun thing for me to deal with in our own life. So it part of it is seeing how it helps with that security piece and having a little bite there where you're like, this is why it's important. It helps me sleep at night because I know my kids are taken care of if anything happens to me. And once you have sort of the downside protected, then you start getting to do some of the fun things and getting to ask physicians what their hopes and dreams are is such a blast because, I mean, as you know, it is, it's is—it's tiring and it's emotionally draining to take care of people all day long. And we, as physicians, I find that we don't often ask what we want and what we hope for for our own lives. And so I get to be that person that gives you permission to ask those questions and to start dreaming again. And even better, working together, we make that happen, right? So whether that's, you know, for a lot of my clients, it's not that they want to retire, they just want to work less. Easy, Mm -hmm. we can totally do that. Or they want to set up their work, that they always know that they're going to be home for dinner with their kids. We can do that. And so I think once you protect the downside, then you get to start playing a little bit with your money. And using it in ways that benefit your life. And I think for so many of us as physicians, it is spending on things that give us more time. And we were talking just before this program, one of the things you helped me with was get a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. And she is, it's not even that she's given me like five or 10 hours a month back. She's given me like leverage that time even more because the work she's doing, she's great at, she crushes it like five times faster than I could and it's not things that like drive me crazy right and so i think especially for female physicians i mean let's be honest right like you do all the work that you do during the day and then all the work that you do at home and even in couples where the men pick up a lot of that slack you still do more at home i mean i know my wife does so much more of the work at home and i'm so grateful for all that she does and so what if you could offload some of those things that you don't really like doing around the house or getting an assistant to do a lot of the stuff around town that you just don't want to do? And so I think there's a lot of those things you can do with your money and that doesn't even get into the investing piece of it. So.
0: No, but I think I love your approach because it's not just like, all right, you need to be putting back 27% of your income. <laughs>
1: yeah. That
0: that you you're looking you're looking at someone's whole picture and saying like, what's most important for you? Let's protect that. What do you want to be doing now? How can we make your money picture feel easy now? And then like looking to the future. The other day when we were sitting and watching March Madness, my husband looked at me and he was like, because there was a Powerball commercial that came out. He was like, if you won the parable, what would you do with that? Because it's like $100 million or something. And so we had a really cool conversation, like you said, kind of creative. And so I would encourage any of our listeners, like, if you won the parable, $100 million fell into your lap, what would you do? And like, my things at first were super sensible. And then I got into the dreaming. Of course, I said, you know, I would pay off all of our debts, I would put money aside for whatever retirement we need. And then... I told him I would open a Dairy Queen in our local community because that's job security as a family medicine doc, And I love me some peanut butter parfaits. I'm not going to lie. Number two, I want to develop sober housing for my clients and patients that I work with in my clinic. And I also want to develop safe neighborhoods for single moms. And then number three, I told him I would love to set up a scholarship and not like one of these piddly $500 scholarships. I'm like talking about paying for all four years of your schooling for someone like me who came from lower middle class, didn't qualify for federal help, but didn't get a huge amount of scholarships and parents had no money. And my husband was like, wow, those are really good ideas. And as I hear you talk, Coben, that's why I was like, that's what you're talking about. That kind of fun stuff to get into.
1: Well, right. It's the purpose stuff. And it's it's funny. It's I love how you went through that, right? Because I think it's pretty typical, right? Where we're like, oh, well, of course I have to pay off my debt and do you know. But that stuff, I mean, again, that stuff's not the fun. That's not what drives you, right, as an no. individual. And so I love hearing those things because what I keep imagining is what the world would be like if each of us were shining as brightly as we could be and doing those things that we were really drawn to like what kind of world would that create, right? Where everyone in your community was doing the best that they could, like how fun and amazing would that be? Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: I love hearing stories like that, you know, like setting up a scholarship or safe housing or any of those. I mean, that's so amazing, right? And the thing is a lot of that stuff you can work on, like part of what we do is how to incorporate more of that into your world Mm -hmm. because that's the stuff that matters. And that's the stuff that gives your world meaning, right? It's it's not saving 20% of your income, right? Like ultimately that doesn't matter. It's what does that mean? And what does that allow you to do in your life?
0: Yeah. And I think it's just such a great approach that you're taking. Talk a little bit about your wealth management company. Like if somebody is interested like me or one of the listeners to come and work with you or at least like test the waters, talk about that process.
1: Sure. So my company is called Greeley Wealth Management and it's called Greeley because so one of my best friends from med school, Ryan Ferguson, he was we started med school together and we quickly became friends because we'd start skipping uh microbiology and biochemistry and we'd go mountain biking and skiing instead and you know we we'd ski I went to med school in, in Utah and we'd ski at Alta and our absolute favorite run was Greeley. And unfortunately, Ryan passed away a couple of years ago. He had, a, he had brain cancer. But he also, more than anyone else, showed me how to live where he did the things he was most passionate about every single day. And so to me, it's a way to honor one of my closest and best friends and show the power of what you can do with money. So working with me is simple. You you know, you come, we sign up. We, you can sign up for like a 30-minute phone call we can talk about where you're at and where you'd like to be and then work through a process where we gather a lot of your information. You know, I get to do all the heavy lifting. You get to do all the dreaming, which is the fun part. So it's really easy to come to the website. And I know you'll list that. at the end yeah, of Yeah. Your- totally
0: in the show notes. I'll have it all there for everybody.
1: But my whole goal, Aaron, is to make it easy. You know, like sign up, we'll talk. I work with people all over the country. My goal when I set this up was to be virtual and work with physicians um, on their time and make it really, really easy. Because I think it's uh, it's one of those things that we can spend too much time thinking about and like trying to gather more information and be like, well, that's something I know I need to do, but I don't really want to do. And my goal is to break down as many of those barriers and just get you started today.
0: Yeah. And I love that you bring a compassionate heart into it. And also, I know that you are definitely a man of action as well. And so that people who come to you, you go through all the details, you work through all the details and and you make the action steps easier and not feel so big and not feel so crazy by giving them like, hey, we need to get you life insurance. Here are all the options. Let me explain them to you and then we'll get you signed up for one. Rather than what I feel like sometimes happens is like, you need to go get life insurance. (laughs) And
1: I'm like, thanks. No, and it's, you know, right now my wife and I are trying to put, an estate plan together. And, you know, even me as a, you know, as a lawyer and a financial planner, like I'm struggling because that's, even these are people I really want to work with and I know they're great attorneys, but yeah, I'm just sort of like left on my own. And it's, it is a stark reminder of how challenging can be for everyone, much less physicians who don't have a lot of time on their hands.
0: So I'm just so glad to be partnering with you, talking about the servicing services that you offer, because like you said, you're there to empower us as fellow physicians to make our money and our work, work towards what we really want and not just the grind and not just the, do I have my retirement fully funded, you know, but to really work toward those goals that really make our hearts full. So I just want to thank you so much for that. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'll share all of your links about greenlywealth.com in the show notes. And, and with this last question If there's somebody out there who is like been like toying around with the thought of it or, or they've gone to somebody, but they aren't comfortable with the plan or the person they're working with, what advice would you have for them?
1: So what I'm trying to build with my own company is I want relationships that are going to last for decades. And I think in order to do that, you really need to build trust and vulnerability with both parties, you know, as an advisor and as a client and a colleague, so even if you don't choose to work with me, I encourage you to find someone who you trust and who you really know has your best interest at heart. Because you know it—it it doesn't. This is not an area that is just another task or another to do. This is one of those things that's so fundamental to creating all those other dreams and all those other possibilities in your life. And so, getting that relationship right is really important.
0: friend. If you think you're burned out, you probably are. But I've got some good news for you. Head on over to burntouttobadass.com or you can get a CME course. That's right. CME credits could get yourself out of a place of burnout and back to being a total and absolute badass. You'll go through 12 different modules. You'll get to chitty chat with me on the backside and have lots of fun exercises and thought work to do to help you move from a place of just surviving to absolute thriving. So far, we've had many physicians go through the program and they absolutely love it. One of those docs the other day even mentioned to me that she went back and recently did the report card exercise. And you know the wheel of life is in there if you followed me for half a second. It's definitely one of my top exercises. But anyway, before I give all the details away, go over to burntouttobadass.com and check out the self-paced course, Same title, Burnt Out to Badass, and get you some CME hours today. Money has never been easy for me. So after talking with Coben, It makes my life so much easier knowing that there are good people out there who can help me with a really hard subject such as money. I walk away from that conversation feeling inspired, knowing that my Dairy Queen restaurant-owning potential is really there and that he's a guy that can help me to get there. So thanks, Coben, for that. Guys, it's just been great hanging with you. I hope that you're finding so much value out of Dr. B First. If you are, drop me an email at hello at burntouttobadass.com. Or if you're in the badass Slack group, send me a message and let me know. I'm always looking for feedback, be it good, bad, or ugly, and new topics and new people to talk to. So if you've got any of those, hop into my inbox because I would love to hear from you. Plus, I might send you some stickers. So there's always that too. All right, folks. Well, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. I'll see ya.